Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Luke Stevenson for the Central Indiana Innovation Hub. Central Indiana Innovation Hub provides space for individuals to meet and network for business-related needs. Central Indiana Innovation Hub is located at 5250 East U.S. Highway 36, Suite 1101 in Avon. More information can be found at indianahub.com. Our phone number is 317-696-3050. Office hours are Monday through Friday, 830 to 4. Tours of the facility are available. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. Presented by the Kevin Kersey Agency. On the program today, back with us, day number two, to talk about the latest on Indiana politics. He's a data analyst, political guru, historian, Scott Strong. Scott, hello. Hi, Rob. Okay, so yesterday we talked about the Trumpster. Yes. And today we're going to start by talking about the Trumpster's running mate, Mike Pence. Now, I'm going to say this. I would have paid a very large amount of money to see Mike Pence's reaction when somebody revealed the Trump tape to him. Oh, that was, yes, I'm sure he was shocked. Um, because here's the deal. Look, and I've said this about Pence for a long time, I and, and you know I was a big yep. Gingrich. I wanted Gingrich because Gingrich is a loyalist, mm-hmm. Gingrich is a savage, and Gingrich is all about winning. And I knew the Trump stuff was going to come up. And Gingrich, certainly, and I had a feeling this would be what they would hit Trump on, is not an apologist for infidelity. He's not an apologist for bravado. And I felt he could have handled the defense of this 
much better than Mike Pence did because Pence, uh, look, look, let's be honest. Pence would have been much better off, in my opinion, just coming out and saying, Trump and I don't always agree on things. In fact, I, you know, we're probably not ever going to really hang out together, but I think we've got to defeat Hillary Clinton. So for the good of the country, I'm going to be vice, his vice presidential nominee. So he comes out and says, Donald Trump is this great guy, and I think he's, uh, you know, he's really turned a corner in his life, and blah, 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 blah. And now he has to defend this. So how has Pence done in terms of being uh, Donald Trump's lead defender? Actually, I think he's done well. Um, he's he's pivoted where he's needed to pivot. Obviously, he came off. He won that debate against um, Tim Kaine. He's come off as the grown-up in the room, and he is actually doing what we had talked about a couple weeks ago, is that he is positioning himself perfectly to be the next president. And I think he's in a strong predictive pattern to follow that trend. So he's coming off as the grown-up in the room, and he's reassuring to the rest of the people that you have a really strong person as your number two okay uh can you imagine if mike pence has ever done locker room talk do you think mike pence has ever had locker room talk you know maybe when he was in his youth but i really can't see it in the last 30 years i don't uh i you know i worked for pence i worked for his campaign i then served under him in his office in state government i don't see that uh, pence has ever 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 done locker room talk no, I don't think so. His, his, you know, even when he went, there was a Rex Early, which was on the program a couple mm-hmm. of days ago, had a 80th birthday party. Mitch Daniels came to it. Um, Governor Pence came to it. Yeah. And Rex said, I never thought I'd have my bookie and two governor, former governor and setting governor in a room with it all together. And within like five or 10 minutes after that, Pence was gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so Pence is, doesn't associate with the criminal element in any way, well, shape, he, or he form. Well, do, he, do, he doesn't drink. Nope. And that's that's totally fine and okay. But here's the deal. Look, you're getting in, in and everybody knows I love the Trumpster. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the Trumpster. But you're getting in bed with the guy who's had three divorces. Mm-hmm. He's an eccentric billionaire. Yep. He's quite candid about who he is for years and years and years. He was a television star. He's from New York. Yep. He probably had dealings with the mafia to get a lot of the stuff done that he needed to get done. Who do you think you're getting involved with? Well, and the, the, his his public persona is out there, but there are still characteristics about him. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. I mean, so a lot. You're talking of, about the Trumpster. I'm talking about the Trumpster. Yeah. yeah. So you know he's he, you know he's big on some of these areas. Now everybody's going to have a flaw in an area, and in this world where everything's 24 seven and everything's being recorded, if you've done anything wrong, somebody's going to find it and put it out there. I just think Pence looks really bad, and, and again, you know me, I'm all about honesty mm-hmm. with the politicians. I would, I, I am of the belief. You tell me what's going on, and you know what? It's probably not going to much bother me. You <laughs> wanted to be politically ambitious, Mike Pence. You were locked in a very tough race. You're not really liked in your home state. And you, there's a 50-50 shot you wouldn't have won. You got this gift handed to you. Mm-hmm. You never really wanted to be governor anyway. And you got a chance to move on and move up. You took it. You're going to serve the country. You'll do anything to defeat Hillary Clinton. You tell them that to me, and I'm like, hey. That's okay. That's but okay. The, but the one thing you can say about Mike Pence is he has principles, he has morals, and regardless of the cost, political cost, he's going to do what he thinks is right. And there is a crucial element in this country that loves that behavior. And because of that behavior and because of that stance, he's now number two to Trump that, let's face it, there's probably a hundred people out here that would have accepted that nomination quick, but he was the one that got it. And I've been 
pretty candid about this. You know, but Pence and I, we, we know mm-hmm. each other. And, yep. you know, I, I like Pence. I think he's a, a, a great guy. He's a great human being. I yes, mean, there's yes. no denying That's that, right. that Pence is a, a great human being. My issue with Pence throughout this whole thing has been, uh, and I've told this story several times, and there's actually a photo of when we met, the first time I met Pence, they asked me to work for his campaign. And, yep. and one of the questions I asked him was, you know, I said, or in the room the question was asked, was, do you want to be governor or do are you doing this for a stepping stone up? And he mm-hmm. was very candid in the questioning that I want to be governor. I really want to serve the state of Indiana. And that really resonated to me mm-hmm. because... I, if I'm going to work for somebody and give a lot of my time to something, I want to know this person's in it for the state. Yep. They're, they're in it for everybody, the collective, to, to make Indiana a better place. And I'm more than happy to run through three rings of fire for you, if that's the case. But I felt like from the time he got in there, he always wanted to do something else. And that was always very... I don't know if disappointing is the right word, but I just felt like you were always looking for something else, and I just felt like that maybe wasn't a totally candid answer. Yeah, so he's he's an ambitious person, and I won't say that ambition is a bad thing. No, it's because not. ambition says, "Hey, I want to do the best job." Sure. And he's always had the thing: I want to do the best job as governor, maybe in part because he wants to move on to the next level. So I won't hold that against him. He's he's on. Like we said last week, he is on the rise, and I believe he. He will be the president after Trump by the predictive analysis that I've seen. I will stand by and we'll see on election day if, and I, I said this with, uh, uh, Car- I think it was Cardwell and Susan Javorowski mm-hmm. uh, on the program on uh, Monday's show, um, that uh, I was wrong. Pence did a great job yep. in the debate. I really thought that was an area he was going to have trouble with. He did a nice job. I will still stand by and I hope I am proven wrong on election day, but uh, that Gingrich was the choice. We will see. And again, I do want to reiterate, I, I know Governor Pence. I know his wife. They're very, very nice, genuine people. I will always say that. I just I, I just think he's in a bad spot because I don't think the two personalities match up. But, but you're a historian. Maybe you can comment on this. History is littered with presidents and vice presidents that didn't necessarily get along or see eye to eye. Oh, absolutely. You can you can start back in the very beginning um, with some of those people. But the reality is they come together for a commonality of a purpose. They work together. And if they do work together, George W. Bush or, or George Herbert Walker Bush, right. Bush that came along with Reagan wasn't a big Reagan fan, but he went down as one of the best vice presidents because he was very loyal and faithful to Reagan, and he was rewarded with becoming president after him. Okay, uh, let's go to state races. Again, I guess Scott Strong, he's a political analyst, data guru, historian. Uh, Somebody that I believe is in big trouble because he 100% has not been honest is Evan Bayh. Oh, yes. It's it's definitely come out, and you're, I'm hearing people saying talking points. I was at a, a at an event over Saturday, and I had a person that said, I am a lifelong Democrat, but I have gone totally Republican this year. I said, even for buy? And they said, even with buy, because of the things that he said that's not true. And we've seen buy released his financials. Yeah. He made $6.2 million in the last year, and which is almost more money than his net worth was when he turned it in in 2010 in his last year in the Senate. Look, I've said this uh, several times, and I will say this again. I'm not in the business of uh, offering free advice to people I probably don't support, <laughs> but Evan Bay ran a, a, a calculation. I said this to somebody yesterday. Ran a calculation of a political playbook from 20 years ago. He ran a 1996 calculation in a 2016 world. Yeah, 
And it's hard for him not to do it because until this point, he has been right and he has won every time. He's the golden boy. He was the golden boy. And so what's happened is the political climate has changed. He was smart enough to catch on to it in 2010 and get out. But he thought it was going to be like 1994. It would be one election. I'll get out. I'll come back. And it's not worked that way. So what what I'm talking about here is uh, 20 years ago, Bai could have come back and said, I'm a Hoosier. I never left, and it would have been uh, it depended upon the traditional press, the Indy yep. Star, uh, etc., the nightly news to prove him wrong. It would not have happened, mm-hmm. and he would have won. He would have won the election in 2016 because of Twitter and the free flow of information yep. and the the ability of people like Breitbart and National News to investigate and print these things and even Politico getting involved in the story because they're looking for stories too not against Hillary Clinton but they're looking for other stories they exposed very quickly that Evan Bayh is not a Hoosier he is yep. Uh, yep. whether you're a Democrat you're a Republican whatever you are don't insult yourself and I will say the same thing about Dan Coates and I like Coates we've had mm-hmm. Coates on the show they're not Hoosiers. They left. Coates was Coates was on yeah. tape saying he wanted to retire in North Carolina. But what the, the people of Indiana said with Coates is, we basically know that you were a lobbyist. We know you're out of state. But you politically and ideologically, yep. you align with the values of the Hoosier state. Still. Yep. yep. And so Coates came back and won in a, in a big landslide year. Indiana's a plus six Republican state. Yes. So by, by trying to lie to everyone yep. and say that he was still a Hoosier and that he never left and blah, 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 it forced, and this, this, this instant flow of information, it forced people like Indy Star to pin him down. He then lied basically to Indy Star, and now Indy Star's mad at him. Everybody's mad at him. See, this is the thing. In Bai's defense, he did it before. This was the very thing. When he ran for governor, you have to live in the state of Indiana, and he fought this thing because he hadn't the residence requirements to be in Indiana before he ran for governor, and there were some lawsuits that were filed, and he fought it, and he won, and he was such a young face. that. There, but now, all of this, 20 years later, there like oh my gosh we heard that this is this yeah. is what you did 25 years ago evan by would have been so much better served and i don't know who advised him and i think part of the reason and i don't know this totally but i think what happened was he tried to reinvent the wheel he tried to get the old band the, the blues brothers say get yep. the band back together and i think a lot of the people that he had relied on in the past are now in the private sector they're making yep. money they didn't they're they've moved on um, and, and I'm not going to name any names because, you know. Well, I, he, I, it, he moved to sainthood in the Democratic sure, Party. But he was the one that brought that party back in the 90s. He did for them what uh, Mitch Daniels did for the Republicans in the 2000s. The difference is he tried to leverage something that was no longer leverageable. Yep. And the political environment has moved on. And so I think he's gotten bad advice or he's getting Washington advice. He would have been so... So much better off. So much better off. And I think the ship has sailed now on him to rectify this course. Mm-hmm. But he would have been so much better off because Coates gives him total cover to do this to say, hey, look, I did move to Washington to provide for my family. Yep. I wanted to try to influence public policy that I felt was very important. I mean, Bai had a great cover because he was totally against that medical uh, device tax, yes. which impacts his home state. Yes, uh, he could have He could have said, I want to work on that issue. Yeah, yes, he did total total cover and say, yes, I did move there. And yes, I did lobby for, uh, yes, I was a lobbyist. And I tried to impact public policy. And I fought for these issues that were important to Hoosiers. And you know what? I'm called to serve because I believe our nation yep. needs healing 
healing and, and that we've got to come together as a country. And I'm coming back to Indiana. I'm going to fight for you every day because I was always a Hoosier at my heart. And you know what? I'm no different than Dan Coates. And then that takes the issue off the table. Yeah. Now he's it, a liar. But instead he says it's too rancorous. And he comes back and says it's worse now. Yes. And, 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 and on top of that, he said I was, I'm was i better suited to be the an executive. Like yep. I'm going to run for president. <laughs> and now he wants to go back to the legislative body that he says he wasn't suited for to begin with. Yeah, he's in big trouble. And I think I told somebody this the other day. I think Young's going to win by at least five points. I'd be curious mm-hmm. to get your thoughts on it. I think it, it, this has gone just like I thought. I thought it would tighten up. I think at the end of the month, we'll probably a 52-48 type of thing. Um, Lucy um, Bedlington which is Britain. Britain, sorry, that's the libertarian candidate has moved up. So they're like 41, 42, but she's at 8%. And most of the people that she's been getting has been coming over from buy. Buy's been dropping. Yeah. Uh, Now, here's what's very interesting to me on that is the libertarians, I think they have a great candidate for governor in Rex Bell. I think Mm -hmm. Rex is a a great, uh, a great, option for the libertarians they did a nice job we like wallace the other guy yep. that ran against him too but rex is a, was a, is a great candidate he's actually polling above where rupert did a couple yep. of years ago which without the celebrity status of a rupert that's very impressive but the libertarians and johnson has seen this too they are generically a nice option and then yes. people get to know them and they go nope not doing that one either <laughs> that's right. because and brenton brenton's got some side issues in terms of policy that if people got to know those, I mean, you saw her at the debate, yes, the, 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 yes. the meet the meet the candidates yeah. thing at Danville the other night, which by the way, Mike Nielsen and the Danville high school they students, did a wonderful job. awesome. They're, those guys are so great. And they were very nice to me. Yes. They gave me a very <laughs> nice shout out. Those guys are great. We love those guys. Anyway, she's got some, she's got some side issues that tend to alienate people from libertarians that are mainstream voters. And if they find that out about her and rest assured, if by believes she's stealing votes from him, she will. They will make sure everybody knows about her side issues that she's for that really alienate a lot of people, and she'll she'll go down pretty quick. But it to me, I think by is it's an irreversible course, mm-hmm. and I think the ship has sailed. And I give a lot of credit to Todd Young. Todd Young and his people, they are savages. I mean, they did it to Stutzman yes. in the primary. And I'll tell you what, I I. Um, I give them credit because they did not back down. They were not afraid. I, I, I actually met and talked with Trevor Foudy, Young's campaign manager, like the day after Buy's, uh, Buy's announcement. They weren't afraid at all. They no. were ready to go. Yep. It, it's fascinating. Yeah, so they're doing a good job. So I, it, this race is turning towards, you know, Young's not coming up a lot, but what's happening is buy is dropping, and it's having an impact on him. There's statistical dead heat right now, and the, and and they even the buy campaign even reached out and attacked Howie Politics on this latest poll. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, tells you, you know, that that tells you the campaign's in trouble. You know when Howie. And IndyStar have turned on you. And, and Tully's been very critical yes. of Bai, too. You were in big trouble. And he lied. Mm-hmm. And he didn't need to lie. Yes. He lied. Everybody knows you don't live here. That's Everybody right. knows it. But it's okay because Coates did the same thing. And you had total cover to do it. Just be honest. And he didn't do it. And I think it's, it's going to cost him. All right. Uh, let's shift to the governor's race. Yes. Um, you and I maybe disagree on this a little bit. I think Holcomb is running an awful campaign. I We talked about this last week. I think his ads are awful. I don't think he has a coherent message. I don't think he's rallied around anything. Nobody knows who he is. 
I think he's in trouble. You you think to, I, to think though he's doing he's doing okay. Yes, I do. First of all, he's the recent campaign reports he's raised seven point seven million. This is a guy that's been raising almost a million dollars a week. Now, now a lot of it's coming from the Republican yeah, governors. Where's this money coming from? Because he couldn't raise nine cents when he was running for yeah. U.S. Senate. Well, the reality is what he couldn't do in a primary. Now there's no other candidate. There's him or Greg, and people are you know there's a lot there's a trifecta that the Republicans hold, and actually it's a super trifecta. And so what? Tell tri- us about this. You're very excited about the super trifecta. Yes, the super I, trifecta. I, you walked in the studio today and said, "I want to talk about the super trifecta." Yes. All right, what is it? Okay, so it's a trifecta is when one party holds the governor's house, um, the state house, and being the Senate and the state house of representatives. So that's a trifecta. A super trifecta is now when you hold all three of those, but you have super majorities in the House and in the Senate, which basically means you can do anything you want. If the Democrats never show up, you got the votes to pass it through. And this, I think, is going to be Greg's downpouring. Let's let's say that you're right, that Greg is doing well, and Greg becomes the governor. Well, and I want to be very clear. I don't think Greg's at 50%. I don't think he's running away mm-hmm. with it. I just think nobody knows who Holcomb is, and I don't think he's a good doing a good job of telling people who he is. But go, yeah. go ahead. So so right now, they're, they're basically in a dead heat. So what happens in this case, and this is what I think happened to Greg, Greg picked what he thought was going to be a good... Um, Lieutenant Governor, which is Christina Hale. Right now, if you take a look at Halley politics and some of the analysis is out there, basically the Republicans hold a 71-29 lead in the state house, which right. gives them, uh, you know, the trifecta. Now the Senate is going to stay Republican; they're going to have a supermajority. It's not going to change much there. But so you have 32 races that are not, nobody's running against each other. So it comes to 68 races. Of the 68 races, 60 of them are going to fall Republican. So for the Republicans to make Fame, the, the super trifecta, they need to win 67 seats. So the Democrats, to throw overthrow this, they have to take five seats. There's six seats in the House right now that are held by Republicans that are toss-up. So the, the Democrats need to make a clean sweep This is on to them. get them out of the supermajority. To get them out of the supermajority. Now, here's why. If Greg becomes governor and he doesn't have super, if he's fighting supermajorities, the House and the Senate can pass whatever they want. He can veto it, and then with their supermajority, they can override the veto, making him an ineffective governor. He's got the office, he's got the title, but he's got no power because the, the state and Senate can do whatever they want, and he can do nothing to stop that. Now, it's part of the, you just touched on a point, which is part of the reason I think Greg is an interesting choice as governor. Now, no, please, 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 right. please, 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 sure. don't start on the internet that Rob Kendall's endorsing John Greg. That's not happening. But, by the way, we did have Greg on the show. He was very nice. Yes. He's, he nice was guy. very complimentary of me. Uh, uh, but, uh, what I'm saying is, I believe that the state legislature, on many levels, has become very lackadaisical the past couple yep. of years because they've had these supermajorities and they've had Pence, who, as we talked about earlier in the show, I think has had his eyes on other things and isn't. And and even the most staunch supporters of Pence will probably admit Mike Pence and his people do not dig into public policy. They're not detailed people. He was a congressman, right. and he brought a lot of those people back with him. And I think the state has been ill-served by not having detailed... I mean, look at look at the look at uh, Rifra. I mean, they pass mm-hmm. the thing, and then within a week, oh my god, we've got to change it. I mean, yes. how do you screw that up? Either it's good public policy, or it is not. Look at the roads issue. They still don't have a funding solution for roads in Indiana. Yeah. There are a lot of issues where Republicans, I believe, could do a better job yep. if they were challenged. And because yeah. they have a supermajority, they'd have someone to fight with. They'd yeah. have someone to battle with. 
So for them to be able to have a challenge, the Democrats have to take back the state house. Greg wants them to do that, but I think he's already cut his own throat when he picked Christina Hale. Not that Christina Hale is a bad person, but she comes from state house number 87, which is a northern district in the northern part of Indianapolis around Nora. And so that district is like 50% Republican, 50% Democrat. In 2012, in 2012, she won that district by 61 votes. That's close. That's close. Then she came back in 2014 and won it by 489, which is like a landslide at that time. So she would have most likely have won it again in 2016. Greg cut his own throat by pulling her out of that district. He put that district in play. And at a time when there's six toss-ups and he needs to have a clean slate, if they're counting that as a Democratic district, but there's so there's Kerry Hamilton, which is the the Democrat that they put up, and against Connie Eckert, which is a well-known Republican that's in that district. And what I think is going to happen is with a big win with Trump here, Eckert will probably win. With that, Greg loses the supermajority. And basically, even if he becomes governor, he's got a, a party running against that he's not going to be able to do much. And it's going to be because he pulled his lieutenant governor out of a competitive race that they should have won. All right, again, here's Scott Strong. He's a political analyst, data guru, historian. We're talking a lot about local Indiana area political races uh, here uh, today on the program. Uh, there's a, another race going on here locally that I think is interesting. And I want to comment on it just very briefly because he spoke, both candidates spoke at the Meet the Candidate night in Danville that is the race for state senate yes and uh, John Crane is the Republican nominee um, he defeated Pete Miller in the uh, in the primary um, my issues with Miller are very well known and mm-hmm. go back a, a long way um, but he's running against a guy named Kevin Rogers yes and Kevin is uh, was a former member of the armed services uh, Kevin's running as a libertarian yep but he's a former member of the armed services he's an out and out uh, admirer of George W. Bush yes ha- has a lot, a lot of Republican uh, tendencies, traditional Republican tendencies on tax policies and things like that. He has been on this show before. They debated on this show. I like both of them personally. Kevin spoke the other night. Kevin's a compelling candidate. Yes, he is. It's almost kind of like another Republican primary. Yes. I mean, you could you could put Kevin in and change the, the titles, yeah. and these guys would be almost the same. I mean, there's only a few issues that separate them. Yeah, it's very interesting. Kevin, I think, is going to surprise some people on how well he does because he's very likable in person. Yep. Um, he is African-American, mm-hmm. um, and, and he is very different on the fringe issues that tend to alienate people who might otherwise vote libertarian and so uh, kevin i think is i think and i think you've seen crane traditionally republicans win primaries in hendricks county and then you don't see them in the general election crane's out he's knocking on doors he's putting signs out he's doing the parades i think john's taking it very serious and i think that's an if you're if you're uh, still trying to decide who you're going to vote for, take a look at that race. Get to know both of those guys because that's a really, really interesting race. And Kevin Rogers is an, is an interesting uh, is an interesting candidate. Yeah, he brings, a, you know, and this is the diversity that's kind of coming to Hendricks County. And I always say that it's good not to have one party in total control because it forces that party to all of a sudden not get arrogant, not get too far out there. I think Kevin is bringing them back. Um, it'll be a tough race for him to win, mostly because of name ID and things. And so with this, but it, it is an interesting race because when you look at those two candidates, they're not that too, there's not too much difference between them. Yeah, okay, so as we wind down here today, we're going to uh, play a guessing game here. All right. Okay, this I think this will be fun. Uh, Todd Rakita. 
Todd Rakita is the congressman from the 4th District. Yes. He's going to win going away. John Dale doesn't have very much money, and he's doing a great job. All right, yes. So we know that. Yes, Rakita's going to win. The district is, uh, he'll probably get, what, 65% of the vote at least? At least, probably, maybe 75. Yeah, okay. So Rakita is an interesting character because Rakita was Secretary of State. Yes. Elected to run. Uh, his term was up, and mm-hmm. his second term. Uh, and he did some really landmark reforms, did a very nice job as Secretary yep. of State. A lot of Indiana's voter ID stuff started with Rakita. Yes. Um, Rakita, very famous for uh, drawing uh, the, the map, the, yes. ele- the, ele- the election maps, which were very fair and very bipartisan, and then the Republicans got them up, yeah. uh, gutted them up. They were really, Chris Spangle, our, our libertarian buddy, was very complimentary of what Rakita did. Runs for Congress, wins yep. a 10,000-person primary. And the Democrats only wanted it after their map had gerrymandered had been defeated. Right, so Rakita <laughs> goes to Congress, and Rakita's uh, been interesting. He's been outspoken on a lot of things. He got himself in some hot water for some comments he made, but by and large, he's done a very good job. We like Rakita. He's been on yep. the show before. Uh, Rakita's a very nice guy. Uh, but Rakita then decides he's going to run for governor. Yep. Does not do very well. Now he's sitting on well over a million dollars in his campaign war chest. Yep. And he's running in a race where he doesn't really have much of a challenger. No, he's got the same challenger that he had two years ago. Yeah, and, and he's going to win. Yes. But he's unleashing ads. Yes. Which is very interesting. Now, normally in politics, people in safe races, especially guys who may have their eyes on other things, which is obvious now Rakita maybe does, hold on to money. Mm-hmm. He's unleashing ads right now, internet ads. I think he's also running some TV ads. Why is he doing this? Well, and, you know, there's always the thing. You never know if something can sneak up on you. So he's being cautious, and he's doing probably what he needs to do to make sure that he wins. But also, it's a good way to promote himself. So if in the future, I'm not saying he's going to run for U.S. Senate in 2018 or he's going to run for governor or something, but it's always good to have options. So this is a good way to get his name ID out there and to say that I'm a candidate for Indiana. Yeah, the word on the street, the rumor is, and we're not saying this is true, we'll ask Todd when he comes in next time, is that uh, Rakita is considering running against Joe Donnelly in 2018, and he's got this money, and this is a great way to run uh, very positive ads, yep. uh, and of course he'll have to go through a very likely uh, hotly contested, uh, contested primary. primary. And uh, so it's very interesting. And, and uh, if you got more than a million bucks, you can have a lot of fun with more than a million bucks. That's right. And it's not a you bad... You and I would have a great time. It's not a bad thing. The Democrats are really holding on to the boom, baby boomer generation. Every one of their candidates is a baby boomer that's leading the major part of the party. And so this is a good move for Todd. It, even if he doesn't win or he doesn't want to run, I'm, not that he's not going to win the congressional race, but if he doesn't want to um, stay in that office and he wants to do something else, he says that he's sleeping in the office of the Congress. He'd love to be back here where his wife and children are going to school during the week because he misses them during the week. So, you know, you can't you can't fight a guy, but he's doing probably what he needs to do. But he's also supporting some other Republican candidates along the way, which is a very smart move and helpful to the party. All right, so uh, this is election year, and uh, this is really the first time that I have locally not had a vested election without a vested dog really since 2011. Um, you know, whether it was uh, my candidacy or local candidates I've supported or public ballot issues right. or uh, primary this year. Uh, 
I'm a, I'm feeling a little bored. I'll bet you I'm are. Feeling a I'll little, bet you are. I'm feeling a little bored, and I keep getting messages from people asking about who they should vote for in certain local races. I'm happy to tell people my opinion, but a bunch of people are saying you should endorse publicly. You should go out and tell people who who to vote for in these local races. We need your advice, and I keep saying I'm kind of torn because I got the show and the interviews with people, and I try to be very fair. And should I should I let the hammer go? Should I tell people who I'm voting for? Should I should I just keep it to myself? You know. I think that anybody is more than capable of sharing their thoughts and the things on the air. I think if you have, and not saying that you're the celebrity, um, but I think if you're a celebrity, you have to have your facts and your figures and why you're doing what you're doing before you come out with that. So I don't think there's any reason that you can't endorse people, but if you're doing it, I would say that you probably need to have your facts and your figures and why you're doing it. And, you know. Because I'm torn. You know, it's flattering that people want to know and I tell them. I tell them, you know, if they message me, I tell them. Always happy to say who I support and why. But I just publicly, I just, I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm still on the, I'm still on the. So you're, you're struggling to come out and officially endorse Trump. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I've, I've, I've already told people. I've said, I said, and I said this a long time ago when the, after the primary, I said, look. Uh, there is one race I cannot be objective in. All the others I can be pretty objective when I commentate on TV and things like that. Um, yeah, I pretty much made up my mind on president, <laughs> but every everything else I'm pretty objective and and open. Uh, I want to. I, speaking of that, I want to close with this. I put out a tweet the other day that caused some stir. Uh, I said that I will not support. Um, any Republican candidate that goes against Donald Trump, and people got all up in arms over that. Mm-hmm. Um, was that unreasonable? Because I'm sick of the BS and these people acting like they're morally superior. I care about the Supreme Court, and I, I care about the economy, and I believe that if Donald Trump is not the president, both of those are in very dangerous peril. I think what's happening in social media, a lot of people overstate the value of social media. A lot of people think because they can tweet, because they can post something on Facebook, they can and that their opinion is maybe more important than what it is. I love the people that come out, well, convince me why I should vote for Donald Trump or convince me why I should. That's a setup. If you see somebody saying that, just ignore that post and go on. They're just looking to incite you and they've already made up their mind. And anything you say, they're just looking for reasons to shoot it down. So um, I think that people can do what they want to do. I think um, the problem is in most of our media in the Facebook world and the Twitter, it's kind of to the universe that you're already speaking to and those people already know you. Yeah, and I, I, I said this. It was targeted at Young and Holcomb. Mm-hmm. And I, I said afterwards, you know, because I'm sick of this whole this whole thing where because some of the Young and Holcomb people are the biggest never-Trumper people. Yeah. And I've said, look, I am so sick of you guys blatantly working against, blatantly trying to defeat, blatantly trying to thumb an eye, uh, uh, put a thumb in the eye of Trump, and then coming up going, oh, please, please, please vote for please vote for our guy. Well, and a lot of that changed when Pence got on the ballot. I, several of those people that were never Trump are now forever Trump. Yes, conveniently. And that's, that's okay. And, and I have no problem with people that were against Trump in the primary coming back and saying, you know, hey, the guy won. I had some, a very prominent Republican the other day tell me that and go, hey, you were right about this, and I'm on board. And even though I wasn't totally on yep. board, you know, that's, well, fine. that's fine. That happens. I, but this thing now, but, well, his comments were deplorable, and I'm, I haven't made any decision whether I'm going to support him. Well, like I 
tell people, I early vote, so your clock's running, and you better make your decision. Yeah, and for those people that make those comments, they probably have already made their decision. They're just trying to incite things. So what really happens here in Indiana is the national ticket of Trump will play out to affect all the races. That's why we can't pick up things. So there's going to be, most people are going to go to vote for the president, and then it will be how many of them fall off on the gubernatorial, the senatorial, the state house races down the ticket. So if there's minimal fall off and they vote kind of party lines, it will be a huge victory this year for the Republicans. All right, Scott, great job as always. Appreciate you uh, spending the last two days with us. Awesome, awesome job. Thank you. Great being here. Hey, don't forget, we are the show is now podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can go back and listen anytime you want. You can download the show right to your uh, smartphone or tablet or computer. All you got to do is head on to either one of those formats, type in Central Indiana Today. You can actually follow uh, the podcast there, so you'll get the updates when things uh, when the new shows are posted each day and you can uh, just have it come right to your phone we also do podcasts show at the website too at wyrz.org until next time i'm rob kendall saying have yourself a great evening you've been listening to the kevin kersey agency presents central indiana today on 98.9 wyrz made possible by the kevin kersey agency 701 north green street in brownsburg An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. This is Luke Stevenson for the Central Indiana Innovation Hub. Central Indiana Innovation Hub provides space for individuals to meet and network for business-related needs. Central Indiana Innovation Hub is located at 5250 East U.S. Highway 36, Suite 1101 in Avon. More information can be found at indianahub.com. Our phone number is 317-696-3050. Office hours are Monday through Friday, 830 to 4. Tours of the facility are available. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. 
Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.